All right, how's it going, everyone? Uh, thanks for joining me on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name's Josh. Uh, just a new album review today. It's been a while since we've done one, so hello. How is everyone? Because I just didn't really intend on there being, you know, a bit of a, a lapse since the last review. I guess maybe uh, I just kind of forgot I had a podcast between now and then, which I'm, I know sounds terrible. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be episode 69. Uh, I'm hoping everyone, uh, you know, is you know, doing well and uh, happy that I'm covering this. The name of the album is Montero by the artist Little Nat Sex. Uh, you probably heard of him uh, because he blew up sometime in 2019. And he's kind of just been in the eye of the media and the music industry since then. Uh, and this has been a long-awaited, anticipated album. Um, and one I probably have had some of the most engagement on just in general since I started this podcast uh, every time I've covered Little Nas X, uh, there's been some sort of uh, dialogue that happens maybe in the comment section on YouTube or something like that. Or I notice, you know, maybe uh, viewership is up a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I was wanting to cover this album because I'm genuinely interested in this artist. And I think some of the music thus far has been quite interesting, especially this year with some of the singles that dropped. But anyways, yeah, we're going to be covering this album uh, that was released when was it released? Because I know it wasn't released that long ago. Released September 17th. Uh, so, yeah, we are uh, right at the end of September. Kind of wanted to cover this at least this week. So we're getting around to that. And uh, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know. Um, I did drop a new episode of Talking Tracks, uh, which was between now and the last album review. which dropped at, the, I think, September 7th. Um, covered some interesting artists on there. Caribou, Pawn, Sleigh Bells, Men I Trust, Mr. Twin Sister, The Technicolors, um, and a few other ones. Uh, just tracks, uh, standard track reviews, 10. Um, and then also on the latter half of that episode, I did three um, weeks worth of condensed episodes of Best Worst Track of the Week. So if anyone is uh, interested in the, uh, the week of September 18th, 11th, and 4th, I gave my best and worst track of those weeks uh and then also gave some thoughts in general about the chart and then also you know a little bit of donda and drake stuff uh that we covered there um and yeah uh, i think i don't know maybe this episode of best worst track of the week or not best worst track of the week talking tracks took a bit at me maybe that's why the album review stuff was sparse this month because uh this is about a 30 minute or so episode of talking tracks but yeah and before that, uh, the latest uh, album review was Foxing, uh, Draw Down the Moon, which was a pretty cool album. I dug it. I'm generally not a huge Foxing fan. But yeah, uh, this uh, album kind of made me reevaluate the band. I uh, thought some tracks on here were pretty good. Uh, some questionable tracks, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it's an album I think uh, people should check out if you're relatively into uh, that sort of... Uh, old school emo well not old school emo but just like the combination of like what you know midwest emo was a long time ago and then like indie rock that's kind of what foxing sound was at the beginning they're kind of just mainly like an indie pop band now uh which i think this is probably like the most accessible album uh thus far draw down the moon uh but yeah enough about uh everything else uh let's just get into the gist of this episode and uh once again thanks for tuning in all right, everyone. So, uh, yeah, once again, the name of the album is Montero by the album uh, by the rapper slash hip hop artist entertainer, I guess, Lil Nas X. Uh, they're an American rapper singer, according to uh, good old Wikipedia, uh, and they kind of reached household level 
household name levels of fame in like 2019 with the viral hit Old Town Road that was a unique blend of pop and country. Uh, the track was quite an anomaly in many anomaly in any ways, particularly with the identity crisis the track gave Nashville radio with their reluctance to acknowledge a non-traditional country track being more important and influential than anything that's been on country radio since really who knows when. Uh, and um, the track was Diamond Servitified by November 2019, the year it was released, uh, part of which um, was be due to like a remix version that came out with Billy Ray Cyrus. I will say the track probably was going to be quite popular either way. Um, and it was also the longest running number one track on the Billboard Hot 100 since the chart started like in the 50s. And in 2019, Lil Nas X followed that you know, single with the 7 EP, an EP I definitely have not listened to, but from what I read, there were two tracks from the EP that charted on the Hot 100, Panini and Rodeo. Also, I remember a single titled Holiday, and uh, just to backtrack, actually, I have listened to Seven. I'll, I'll get a bit into Seven here in a sec. My notes are just kind of out of order. Um, and then also, um, I remember a single titled Holiday that came out sometime in the winter of 2020. I covered that track on an episode of the podcast around that time that was just put on YouTube. And this also would be pretty overshadowed, though, by the time we got to the first single for Montero titled Montero the tr that dropped in March of this year. Uh, that certainly stirred a lot of publicity and buzz for Lil Nas X. The video was trollish and offensive to a certain crowd, but it kind of showed that Lil Nas X wasn't afraid to take risks and push the comforts of you know certain elements of our society. And the, the next singles would be pretty well received with Industry Baby, the, the last single to be released before the album release, uh, being a nice jolt of buzz for Lil Nas X leading up to the album release, as the video was quite raunchy and unapologetic. Uh, which I guess is, you could kind of say is becoming his brand. But yeah, uh, just to backtrack a little bit uh, to cover more of like the musical side of Lil Nas X uh, to the 7 EP. Um, this was an interesting project because, uh, one, I didn't really know it existed uh, until I did more research on Lil Nas X. I know, pretty uh, normie or, uh, you know, ignorant of me. But uh, I, I, I thought there was a, a... Well, first, it was loaded with a few more tracks than usual on the EP, but they were very short tracks for the most part, about two minutes long. I don't think uh, much else. Uh, there, I don't think there was many tracks that maybe reached three minutes if there were any. Some highlights on that, Family, uh, You and Me featured like this alt rock slash pop rock style that we'd eventually get in Montero. That's hit on a few times on this album. And it's just a bit interesting to hear that style early on in the discography of Lil Nas X. Uh, Rodeo seemed to have been going for a similar vibe as Old Town Road with the twang Nas included in his uh, vocal delivery. Also, the Western-inspired guitar riff that structured the track pretty much for the entire runtime was interesting. Uh, the Cardi feature was pretty as expected. I didn't really think it was her best work, but uh, it was pretty cool she jumped on that. Closure You Like had a dancey flavor to it with a tasteful piano, bass, instrumental, and smooth falsetto vocals. Uh, I thought it was an interesting direction for uh, Little Nas X. Um, and then old, the track Oldie uh, reminded me of like a Empire of the Sun track just with Little Nas X being featured on the vocals. So I thought it was interesting. I guess the biggest takeaway is that there's a lot of influences um, that were presented on this EP uh, that I guess you can say just come from uh, Montero, which I think is his actual name, uh, interest in music. Since I'm assuming uh, they probably listen to music, uh, this is probably just stuff they um, 
for instance, the alt pop punkish sort of stuff, the country influence on uh, some tracks, and of course the hip hop and R and B flavor. Uh, I'm guessing they are a fan of multiple genres, and they like to incorporate ideas from you know whatever they're a fan of into their music. Um, and I think that is further expanded on this album here, uh, Montero. Uh, and I will admit, I wasn't too sure what I was expecting for this, or like this album in general. Uh, I was a bit concerned after the Old Town Road success wore off that his fame would wear off as well, and he would just be disregarded as a one-hit wonder. Uh, I certainly saw potential in the artist's little Nas X, but I wasn't too sure artistically uh, if you would be able to find a niche or something more, I guess, um, developed um, rather than trying to replicate the successful town road, uh, which would have probably just killed any chance of a sustainable career uh, because you can't really replicate that sort of uh, thing twice, even though he's kind of done it with Montero, but it, it's not quite on the level of Old town road. Um, but anyways, yeah, the album overall, um, after listening to it, I will say it kind of grew, um, with more listens, which isn't all that rare with music. Um, I feel like, uh, sometimes being able to digest stuff is just as important as, um, you know, analyzing it because, um, you know, the, the first time you listen to things, uh, you know, you can grab, you can kind of sort of latch on to something that isn't all that um, important in the grand scope of the piece of work, um, or you can kind of just blind yourself. But I, I kind of digress on that topic. But anyways, it grew, um, and I thought it improved when I listened to it a bit more. Um, the track or uh, the album opens up with uh, probably the one of the more no- better known Lil Nas X tracks by at this point with uh, "Call Me by Your Name" Montero. Um, I, I like how the track is centered around these thin and bright guitar textures uh, that clap centric percussive elements. I thought were a bit bland. Um, I did review this track a long time ago on Best Norris Track of the Week. Uh, but I do like the build up to call, the Call Me By Your Name hook. Um, the vocals are also performed in a bit of like a subdued nature for most of the track. Um, that color of the track and like this sort of sinister nature, uh, it's a nice usage there of that sort of technique. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a short track also, but I certainly thought it was good. Uh, and at this point, um, uh, I, I think the track is probably one of the better tracks on this album. Um, it certainly has like an earworminess to it. And I thought Lil Nas X pretty much um, solidified uh, his uh, his non-one-hit wonder identity with this track. There's probably a better way to put that. Uh, after that, we get uh, another track that I didn't quite find a highlight, but it was titled Dead right now. Um, I dug the layered vocals on the pre-chorus, the hallelujah parts, the tasteful usage of the gospel choir-inspired vocals. I will say, a lot of times when a gospel-inspired thing is used, I usually think it's a bit bland, or it's not used in a sort of distinct or distinguished fashion. You know, I provide examples of, like, a lot of Kanye West music. Um, some dark lyrics on here, blunt and spiteful, but I thought it was an okay track. Uh, after that, we probably get one of the better tracks, though, with Industry Baby. Uh, a nice, boomy sub-bass that kicks off this track with tons of presence, uh, supports the track all throughout. The synth brass textures are lovely and hooky. Uh, they go along well with the main melodic theme in the chorus. And also, there are percussive textures uh, that can maybe sound a bit light and maybe unimpactful at times, but 
Uh, they certainly aren't bad. And Harlow fits in quite nicely with this feature here, Jack Harlow. Decent verse. It's a really hooky track. I'd say probably just as hooky as Montero. And uh, yeah, the, the first, by this time we're three tracks in and the album really comes out swinging at this point. And after that, the fourth track, that's what I want. Um, it was an interesting track. Um, I think it's much more, this is probably one of the more straightforward pop styled tracks, which is quite obvious. I mean, it's completely uh, hip hop and R&B less. Uh, if that's a, a way to put it. And it's structured by this acoustic guitar riff that guides the track. It sounds like this track could have fit a bit better with the pop that was maybe present in the late 2010s, or early, or late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, and this track also is cool because it's a more obvious display of NASA's vocals. Uh, with this being the main gist of the track, he kind of, you know, flaunts his you know, vocal ability and, and basically solidifies on this album that he's able to write tracks that are basically without him rapping. Uh, the Art of Realization um, wasn't too interested in this track. I will say there's a Doja Cat feature that is quite swift and short-lived. I will uh, Probably not as impactful as the other track with Cardi B. The featured scoot hook on, on this track is a bit minimal and maybe, um, you know, a bit careless wish it was a bit more developed or thought out but i do like the boomy and buzzy sub bass on the verses i will say it colors the track nicely and there's also some plucked string textures that make the track a bit you know more interesting uh after that we get um an interesting track one of me uh i love the pretty and glistening piano intro uh the synth textures provided on this track aren't bad uh you know there's like they provide this like sort of ethereal character uh that's created uh, with their implementation love the piano instrumental interlude outro it's not bad as well um, <clears throat> it's a bit of a hooky track it's quite poppy again uh, unique sounding in the context of the album um, there's not really another track that sounds a lot like this uh, after that we get another highlight lost in the citadel there's some interesting postal service flavor on here with the drum machine and synth combo right at the beginning uh, I will say this is a vocal highlight for Little Nas X on here. It's probably one of the better tracks where he's singing on. Um, and an upbeat pop rock flavor here, like what I kind of hinted on earlier when I was talking a little bit about Seven. Uh, I like the driving rhythmic strumming on here. The drum track could be a bit more punchy in my opinion, but there's an accompanying lead guitar melodies that color the track quite nicely in the chorus. Uh, it's a cool track. After that, we get uh, a more hip-hop-centric track featuring Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Dalla Sign Slime. Uh, it, this is a super uh, hooky track, probably just as hooky as Industry Baby. Uh, there's a nice staccato texture brought out by the running brass melodies that structure the track. Uh, it's kind of leaning on the typical horn-based hip-hop instrumental, It's, but I will say it's probably a bit more interesting than most of that style. Uh, and Megan fits in quite organically on this track. I will say she's probably the best feature on this album. Um, Tales of Dominica. Um, you know, th this is probably the most filler track on this thing. Uh, it's a bit straightforward. There is a plucked ostinato guitar progression that kind of gets a little dry at times. Same with the percussion. Uh, I just really thought there wasn't all too much to this track but after that we get a bit of a pick-me-up with sun goes down i thought this was a really nice track the first time i heard it uh it's dreamy it's a bit different than what you typically hear from lil SX. it's mid-tempo with a pop r&b flavor some light guitar textures that guide the track and it's kind of a romantic sort of track it's definitely about 
some sort of romance, I'm thinking. Uh, a drum machine uh, on here that's a bit bland, I will say. That's probably sometimes the uh, Achilles heel of this album, um, although it's not a huge deal, so it's not really an Achilles heel. I, I will say Lil Nas X's vocals are quite convincing, though. The track goes for like an emotional catharsis, and it definitely hits it, so I will say that's probably the best thing about this track. And after that, we're kind of heading towards the, I guess, end of the album. Uh, there's still a bit more Void. Didn't find it to be all that much of a highlight, but I do dig the falsetto vocals on here. There's a pretty vocal performance. It's it's not obnoxious. It's just nice. Uh, some interesting mids with like these timid tremolo strings going on in the mix. Um, after that, though, we get Don't Want It, which I thought was a cool track. Um, I love the guitar texture on the second verse. And the effect it creates in building tension going into the chorus. It's a gritty track. There's some angst on here. And, of course, we get a hooky chorus again. Uh, it's kind of like this perfect balance of hop, uh, sorry, hip-hop and pop. And there's like this sort of funk-inspired guitar embellishments to kind of coat the track, starting from the first verse. Um, and also a nice drum track to go along with this. So that was probably one of the better tracks on the album. After that, we kind of go into, you know, the last two tracks that I don't necessarily think are the strongest, but... Uh, Life After Salem, uh, there's a wailing uh, a wailing with the vocals on this chorus that should be more, more annoying than they really are, but they kind of just end up being there. I would like to hear the drums on this track a bit more, especially with like the climatic parts. And this is just interesting in the context of the album. There's like this murky aesthetic on here with it being uh, quite down tempo. But yeah, I thought overall it was a decent track. And finally, we're at the last track with Am I Dreaming. Unfortunately, I wanted to like this a bit more than I actually did. Um, but anyways, uh, there's some nice, smooth, buttery vocals, nice harmonies. I just don't think the track's really all that interesting. Uh, it's very melodramatic. Um, some grit on here with the Miley Cyrus feature. That's probably one of the biggest surprises on this album. Um, but it sounds like she's just kind of provided here to provide a counterbalance as a female vocalist with the wailing. Who else right now better to do that sort of thing? She has a very powerful voice. Um, but yeah, I just really thought the track uh, at the end of the day in the context of the album wasn't the most interesting uh, in the bunch. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the album. There's a bit of tracks on here, probably a bit longer than I was expecting, but this is an anticipated album, and I'm sure the Little Nas X has been working on this for quite some time. Maybe even has enough to maybe make a second album by now, if I had to guess. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I did dig uh, a lot of the highlights on this. Like, the, the good tracks are really good. Like, uh, Montero, uh, Industry Baby, Lost in the Citadel, I thought was uh, a nice track as well. Sun Goes Down. Don't Want It as well. I think those are probably some of the strongest tracks on here. And then also just a lot of tracks just right under that that are solid. Uh, you know, maybe just not as great. But um, overall, I think this is just a good pop album with uh, a lot of different influences. Kind of like what it was, was being hinted at on 7. These are just longer tracks. They're more, I guess, developed and thought out as well. And uh, I will say one thing that is really apparent on here is that Lil Nas X really knows how to write a hook or whoever he collaborates with. He's not just a sole songwriter on these things, um, on these tracks. Uh, he really knows how to uh, lean on hooks. Uh, just about almost every track that can have a hooky center in the chorus or wherever has it 
um, and that can kind of go a long way. Uh, it can be maybe a cheap tactic, but I don't really think this album is cheap. Um, I think it is very uh, meticulously planned out for the most part. And when it comes down to it, I think this is just kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, this isn't reinventing the wheel in any shape or f- any way, shape, or form, but um, just the way, like for instance, tracks like Lost in the Citadel, how he's able to incorporate kind of like this upbeat pop rock flavor with maybe some light alt rock influence thrown in. But it's done in a way where I really think he's wanting to make music like this as opposed to maybe it being pushed out in a way just to, uh, you know, appeal to a certain crowd that is nostalgic for this sort of thing. I really think Lil Nas X likes making this kind of stuff. And it comes out in a sort of genuine way as opposed to like other albums that released this year or in recent memory, such as like the reinvention of Machine Gun Kelly. I really think genuinely uh, Lil Nas X, you know, could have at some point uh, been in a rock band making music like this. It just ha- so happens he's doesn't need to do that. I don't know where I'm really going with that. All I know is that I kind of enjoyed this version of the, um, you know, hammered on in your face. Let's go back to the old pop punk pop rock style of the 2010s and 2000s uh, I, I like this version more than the Olivia Rodrigo and Machine Gun Kelly stuff I've been hearing that's just my opinion though uh, I just thought this is a more tasteful um, you know non in your face way of doing it um, but yeah and it kind of just made me appreciate this album uh, and uh, who knows maybe um They'll completely change it up next time. Uh, but I think if they wanted to, Lil Nas X can basically write an album that could essentially have been written by like a, a rock band from that era, like the you know, Newfound Glory days or whatever. Um, but just with obviously more of a pop twist to it. Um, but yeah, it, that's just there if it ever needed to be done. I think he could do it. Uh, but I th- think he could also pretty much just lean on the hip-hop sort of pop and R&B sort of thing, too, if he wanted to, and be just fine. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways this artist can grow, and I think that's probably a pretty promising thing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we get some music out eventually that pretty much just tells us what's going to happen, because I think this is kind of an open-ended album, too. Uh, there's just a lot of different uh, flavors from track to track, too. Um, I could do without some of the features. The Doja Cat one was a bit unimpactful. The Miley one was, I think it could have been better, but she did fine. Um, but I don't think this album necessarily needed features. I think maybe the Megan Stallion and Jack Harlow performances were, you know, they, they made the track good, but they weren't needed. Um, so anyways, yeah, I thought it was a solid album. Um, you know, maybe one filler track in there. Uh, which is, hey, impressive for a pop album. So I give this a 7 out of 10. That's just my opinion. Um, I think anyone that's generally interested in this artist will dig a lot of the tracks on here. Uh, if you've been reluctant to get into Lil Nas X, try this album out because uh, it, it did surprise me because there's a lot of stuff on here that does not sound like Montero, Industry Baby, and Old Town Road. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Um, I don't know. I think this this album... Will appeal to people that will try it out essentially anyways that's uh that's it for the review thanks for sticking around to the end my name is josh
subscribe on YouTube if you're on there. Like and subscribe. If you didn't, leave a comment. Uh, or if you don't dig the podcast, leave a comment, good or bad. Uh, if you dig the podcast as well, I guess. And then also subscribe on your preferred listening service. But other than that, take care of yourselves. I'll see you later.